Welcome back, everyone. Psychic Medium Angelo here. You are watching Wrestling with the Future. And I am once again joined by my affable co-host, the man Flying Brian Pillman Jr. calls large and in charge. He is the Encyclopedia Britannica of pro wrestling, Jeff the Ref Robinson. Hey, you come up with newer, newer nicknames for me every single week. I love it. I love it. And I will continue, so shut up. <laughs> I'm waiting for the, the one time you go to introduce me. It's going to be like a three-minute long dialogue, you know, just to say, like, all my nicknames all in there at once, you know. I, 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 you, well, I'm still writing that one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, real quick, uh, I don't know if you remember Joel Gertner back yes. in W, and he would introduce the Dudleys, and he'd be like, and he would have, like, that 10-minute long you know, soliloquy of what, you know. Oh, yes. Anyway, yeah. So. Oh, I, I remember Joel very well. Yeah, yeah. And he's, you know what? And it's funny because he's still wearing that neck brace gimmick. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what he got recognized for, so. Yeah. It, 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 yeah, it's funny. You know what, Jeff? It's, it's interesting because you almost wouldn't recognize him without it. He's lost a tremendous amount of weight and God bless him for it. I, you know, yeah, I heard. Here and, and uh, by, you know, you know, uh, hey, more power to him for being able to do so because, uh, yeah, you know, so anyway. Good for him. Well, yeah. um, so tell me about your week. What happened to you? What, what happened with uh, with Jeff DeRef this week? Anything worth talking uh, about? Oh, nothing. I mean, wrestling-wise, nothing. Uh, me and my significant other, uh, we celebrated seven years yesterday. Congratulations. Um, you know, so... Quick shout out. She knows who she is, but shout out to my princess. And uh, I will not put her name over, but she knows who she is when I because I've always called her my princess. So um, we'll keep her anonymous. <laughs> yeah, that's that way. <laughs> there you go. So um, and uh, you know, really haven't you know haven't done uh, haven't had too much happening. I mean, I know we've had a lot happening behind the scenes here. Oh boy, <laughs> and uh, oh boy, that I needless to say, Latino Heat has been very busy. Um, uh, <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what, man, yeah, Latino Heat has been one one busy hombre. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and I don't know whether I'm going to call him Latino Heat or Speedy Gonzalez from now on. <laughs> I know. Uh, you know, well, why, why don't you go ahead? You just uh, I'll let you uh, go ahead and say it. I mean, we're all we are now, if I'm not mistaken. On every, pretty much every available pod listening device possible. We are everywhere now. Yeah. We are on laptop. We are on mobile. We are on iPhone. We uh, we now have, of course, uh, in addition to the YouTube channel. You're right. Our Wrestling with the Future YouTube channel, which you can find very easily by Googling uh, or going right on the YouTube and typing in Wrestling with the Future. Yep. We are there. Yep. Uh, we are now on Podbean, yes. Stitcher, Spotify, iHearts, Google Play, iTunes. Is, we're technically on iTunes, although they haven't worked out a particular bug. Yeah. Keeping our podcast from playing, but we are... We are across all media platforms. The only one that's still uh, not working just yet is iTunes, but we are everywhere. I, I mean, I'm not going to say watch out, Conrad Thompson, we're coming for you, but uh, the rest of the little fish in the pond, hey, <laughs> here we come. Well, you know, it's funny because 
somebody and I went to I'm going to tell you and you well you already know but I'm going to tell uh, for the benefit of the people watching now and listening to our show on on all of our platforms uh, that I went to a show this week. Yeah, I had a very very interesting evening. It was a, it was a very good show uh, put on by the uh, National Wrestling Alliance. It's a NWA Dog, New Jersey. Okay. Uh, shout out to my friend Jaden. Jaden Zirconium, the promoter, great guy, uh, hell of a promoter, put on a great show. Now, now I got to ask you real fast, actually. I've been meaning to ask sure. you this. Was that your first show in a long time? My first show in about five years. Okay, okay. I was just yeah. kind of curious. Okay. Yeah, uh -huh. my first indie show in about five years, and I haven't attended uh, a major league show a big time show and probably 11. Wow. Yeah. The last show I saw was a WWE show at uh, the Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia. So, um, the NWA dog was past weekend. Yeah. But, you know, and anybody who knows me will tell you that I actually prefer. To go to indie shows, I like the intimacy of a smaller venue, a smaller crowd where you're not like lost in the shuffle. Absolutely. Yeah. And the action is up close and, you know, and personal. It's right up front. Yeah. yeah. So, and you know, going to an indie show, there's never a bad seat in the house. Nope. And um, you, 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 you put over the venue where my promotion, our home promotion, our home venue, whenever we do our, most of our shows are, are there at the Masonic Temple. And uh, it's like a theater, globe theater type setting where... Oh, I love that. I love that venue. Uh, Vanguard Championship Wrestling runs a venue that it's absolutely gorgeous. It's a Masonic Temple. It's a theater, it's theater style yeah. uh, in nature. It has a stage. Yep. Uh, that is the entrance way mm -hmm. uh, that leads to the ring. And it's a great, great, it's the perfect setup for a wrestling show. And, and because of it having the higher ceilings and then um, it being a theater type setting, to, to me, it's kind of even more intimate than you would even at an armory or even a high school gym. Oh, uh, yeah. And on top of that, the, the the noise bounces off the ceiling and travels back down. So, I mean, when that crowd starts really rumbling. Yeah. I mean, that place is jumping. It really, I mean. Well, yeah, and it's, it's interesting you say that because we had um, a smaller than normal crowd Saturday night because of uh, inclement weather. But, but the people that time. did show up were very, uh, uh, let's put it this way, they were raucous. Yes. They were very loud, and they were made even louder by the very high ceiling in the venue. Yep. Uh, and so, um, and I'm going to put over that that show. It was the NWA Dog. It was called Wraith of Champions, and it was a benefit show to raise funds for Sonny Boyd. Sonny is the son of NWA Dog champion Breaker Morant. Okay. And... Uh, he has uh, stage one brain cancer, and they were, um, you know, they were hopeful to raise some money for him. They raised some, thanks to the efforts of people like J.J. Dillon, who showed up, 
Tatanka, Brian Pillman Jr., the Hearts, and uh, wow. and of course our our local heroes. Yeah. Um, but you know, I just want to say a shout out to Sonny Boyd. Get well, kid. Um, yeah. We're we're pulling for you and oh, yeah, uh, and thoughts and prayers to him, man. And to his father, Matt. You know, I told you in person, Matt, but I'm just going to put a shout out. I love you, brother, and uh, whatever I can do for you, I'm here. I'll be uh, so, uh, prayer for the little guy myself. So yeah, I appreciate it. I want prayers for for Sonny Boy. He's a good little kid. Um, so let me tell you about um, my interesting uh, interactions. Yes, Saturday night. Um, you know, whenever I go anywhere now, of course I'm I'm a podcast host, so I uh, I have to put over the podcast and. And I did so. First thing, uh, I walked in the door Saturday night. Of course, before the show started, I got there early to meet some of the boys and, and some of my friends and hang out with them. And like I always did when I ran shows. So I showed up a little early. And who do I see? Stretched out like the Godfather is... J.J. Dillon sitting in a reclining chair with his feet up with his WWE Hall of Fame ring on his hand. And, uh, of course, I introduced myself and I put over the podcast. And I asked J.J., would you consider doing my podcast? I know you got other things going on right now, but uh, I'd really love to have you as a guest. And to my surprise... He said, sure. So he has my phone number now. J.J. Dillon has my phone number. Well, there you go. Huge guest. Absolutely. I'm getting some bad echo here. Just oh, you know. sorry, Jeff. Let me lower my, maybe my microphone. Uh, okay. No, I mean, I can hear myself bouncing off of you and, and behind. Oh, okay. Well, you know, we are live, so sometimes these things happen. Hey, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, we'll just, we'll, we'll have to try. It's doing better now, so. Oh, okay. I pushed my microphone back just a little bit. Okay, that, that works. Okay. So, uh, and at the show, as I said, there were several, several names there. Yeah. After the show, um, oh, and be before I tell you what happened after the show, I did get to speak with Tatanka a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, he traded, of course, he wouldn't do the podcast, but because he said he's he'd rather to be honest with you, I think he he wants to hold out for money, ah. and that's fine. Uh, and I don't blame a guy for, for making a dollar. No, you can't I, for making a dollar, but the, the, I mean, in all honesty, this day and age, nobody gets paid to do a podcast, you know what I'm well, saying? Well, yeah. Yeah. And I don't think he does a lot of podcasts, to be honest with you. No, yeah. Um, the shoot interviews, I've seen that he does a lot of shoot interviews. But, of course, he's getting paid for it, too. That's what I think. And, and it, But, you know, if, if, if that, that, that genre, in my opinion, is going to be dying out even more and more so. I mean. Yeah. Um, I, I think that we're the, we're the reason, Jeff, I believe that it's dying out. Oh, no doubt. Because if it weren't for podcasts. I mean, when, when you are having a podcast and you're doing it, you're more or less doing a shoot interview with the guy, whoever's on, you know, 
So it, it's no different than the way that they used to run their their shoots. The only, I mean, I hate to see somebody like Kayfabe uh, or Kayfabe commentaries. He's now actually dipping his foot into the podcast from uh, Sean Oliver. Yeah. Um, and, and, and But see, he kind of had to follow into that realm because, as he said, he was no longer making money at Kayfabe commentaries. Yeah. And, you know, when he first came on the scene, I mean, he brother had a different idea as far as letting, instead of being a traditional shoot interview, he did what he called you shoot, which was the fans writing in the questions or YouTube yeah. in them. And man, I mean, you, you talk about a unique concept, you know, yeah. you know, you know he doesn't know and the wrestler damn sure doesn't know what's getting ready to come out of that fan's mouth. Well, and here's the problem. Well, the problem that, that Sean had at Kayfabe commentaries is that people were pirating his videos. Yep. And uploading his videos for free to YouTube so people weren't buying them. Yep, and he wasn't able to keep up with the the amount that was going out versus the amount of money he had coming in. Yeah, so, but but I would, there's a guy I'd like to have as a guest on the show sometime. Absolutely, I would love to have Sean on here because I think he'd be a great dude. Um, so, uh, if Sean Oliver is, is listening to us or anyone who knows Sean Oliver, yes, let him know that the, uh, the psychic and the ref are uh, putting a shout out to Sean Oliver from Kayfabe Commentaries to appear with us on Wrestling with the Future podcast. There you go. There you go. So now uh, let me get back to what happened there yeah, yeah. the show. Uh, I went back to say hi to my friend Breaker, the uh, NWA dog champion, Breaker Morant. Yep. And uh, ran into uh, a very, very nice, cordial, incredibly talented young man by the name of Flying Brian Pillman Jr. Now, my my segue was kind of interesting because Brian and I both appeared on the same podcast one day apart. Uh, that uh, was, we were on the uh, Kenny Bolin, Bolin yeah, Alley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, shout out to Kenny Bolin. Uh, and I appeared with Kenny doing psychic readings the day before Flying Brian came on and did uh, an interview with, with Kenny. Right, right. So uh, my intro to him was, so I, I hear I opened up for you on the, uh, the Kenny Bolin, uh, Bolin Alley podcast. And he laughed. I said, I'm the psychic. He goes, you're shorter than I expected you to be. <laughs> and we got to talking a little bit, and it was, I was very, very touched to see that when he wrestled that night, he had on his dad's wrestling trunks. Yeah. yeah. The Hollywood Blondes trunks. And, uh, and there's a story behind it. And uh, in fact, you told me some of it. Yeah, and he yeah. told me the rest. He got these tights from a fan who purchased them at an auction and presented them to him at StarCast in Las Vegas. Uh, at StarCast 2, I believe. Yeah. yeah. I, am I right, Jeff? Yeah, StarCast yeah, yeah, yeah. 2? Uh, it was StarCast 2. And prior to that, the fan who had his dad's Hollywood Blonde jacket had given yes. him the test. So now yes. he actually had the complete ensemble. Yeah, he sure does. And um, 
and, and you know what? To the fans, and I, I don't know who they are, so I can't you know give you guys credit on our, our podcast, but to the fans who actually gave it back to him and said they knew that his dad would want him to have that and they didn't charge Brian whatever they had paid at auction or on eBay. Yeah. Bless them for that and, and yeah. doing the right thing. And because, unfortunately, Brian, he lost his dad when he was only five. Yeah. And, uh, you know, aside from stories that those of us who knew him or hung out with him or anything have, he has nothing really to go with of his dad's legacy. Yeah. I mean, I'll be the first to tell you his mom is not an upstanding citizen as far as in his world. I mean, yeah. when you refer to your own mom by her it's first name. It's a sad name, situation. It really is, Jeff. You know, it is a very sad situation. But, you know, I, I mean, what I was going to say is it says a lot when when the kid refers to his mom by her first name. Um, yeah. And he doesn't call her mom. You know, no. it's, uh, it, you know, that's, I, 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 you know, he's actually said that he wants to come on here. Um, and it's just a matter of us being able to figure out a date and a time because the kid stays busy. I mean, yeah. Uh, Oh boy, sure he sure does. He, and, I, and I'll tell you what, he was. Uh, I had. He could have just blown me off. Yeah. He could have just shook my hand and blew me off and said, "Well, thanks for for coming and, you know, drive safely." But he actually hung out with me for about a half an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and um, and I asked him to to appear on the show. He has uh, my phone number now. Yeah. Yeah. And he said absolutely he would love to. Uh, and and surprisingly, it's funny, you know, it's, you don't usually get, wrestlers don't usually get invites to do wrestling podcasts by a psychic. Very true. That's not a, a normal thing that happens. But come to find out that his aunt is very much into what I do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that opened the door to the conversation. So I want to say uh, shout out to Brian Pillman's aunt. Yeah, thank yeah. you. I will not disappoint you, whoever you are. Um, so, uh, but his aunt, and just really quick uh, sidebar, um, his aunt is who he credits with raising him and his sister. Yes, and and and, and more or less guiding him into you know him making sure he went to college and making sure that he kept his nose clean more or less when he could have gone down a very 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 bad path yeah had he, he didn't he didn't uh, jeff he didn't allude to that much right uh and and i certainly understand why mm -hmm. but uh suffice it to say we uh we will have um Flying Brian Pillman Jr. on the show. And now, in... in he has an amazing story, so... It, it, it's, yeah, uh, oh, it sure is. And he's just... Now, I'm going to make you very happy. Yeah. Because you told me a Jack Victory story the last show that we did. Yeah, I did. And I reached out to Jack Victory. <laughs> okay. And I have a little bit of a past with Jack Victory. Yeah, you said so. I yeah. remember when he was wrestling... For a New Jersey promotion under the name Jackie Valiant. Wow. He was uh, one of the alleged Valiant brothers. He was inspired by, uh, you Jimmy. know, uh, handsome Jimmy and, uh, and John. luscious Johnny Valiant. Yeah. The boogie woogie man, Jimmy Valiant. And, uh, and so 
Jack Victory was Jackie Valiant, and I reminded him of that at our meeting. And uh, I put out an invite to him. Surprise, surprise. Well, guess what? He said, yep. Give me the uh, date. Give me the time. I'm there. That is so awesome. uh, we will have Jack Victory probably somewhere uh, middle November. I can't wait to tell him my story. It looks like we're going to do uh, November the 12th. Okay. And that show will drop on November the 13th. Okay. I'm looking for And so that's a, that's a heads up. That's one confirmed. I just got to confirm JJ and uh, Flying Brian Jr. And I, I have been in discussion with uh, Colby Carino, um, uh, also C.W. Anderson. Working out particulars with them. C.W. is staying busy right now. I mean, he... Yes. Brother is doing a lot of serious work, and he's... He, it's almost like he, he's coming into he, he as he says he feels better now than he did when he first got started in the business so yeah <laughs> i mean he um he's 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 lost a lot of weight and he's looking really good and doing really yeah. good so, um fantastic yeah so uh sounds like you had a really good weekend man i had a really really good i had a really busy week y yeah yeah we uh you know, we reached out to our various platforms, and uh, you know, now we're on uh, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, uh, iTunes, iHeart. Um, well, download a podcast. Pretty much, we are there. Yeah, we are available now on every mobile device, every laptop. Yep. Uh, available on some people's aluminum uh, fillings in their teeth. Yes, exactly. <laughs> if you stand right toward the sun. That's <laughs> So, Jeff. Yeah. Okay, let's get into this week's content. By the way, we came up with a slogan for our show. Yeah. Intelligent Wrestling Conversation. I like that. I really and do. you're going to find conversation here at Wrestling with the Future. You won't find on any other wrestling podcast. And we're very proud of that. I mean, the one thing I like to say is, I mean, and I was, uh, and somebody actually pointed out to me is they, they said, me and you kind of do a point and counterpoint. And you may even go in with a, a set opinion, and I'll show you a different side of it from almost like an insider perspective of maybe this is why they're going or doing whatever they're doing, you know. That. Right. And Absolutely. Um, and they said, versus... A lot of people, a lot of the podcasts out there these days, and I ain't talking about the big boys. I mean, I'm talking about the other regular podcasts, wrestling right. podcasts. They tend to just want to down talk the wrestling business and the, you know, oh, it's it, this is what's wrong with the WWE today and this is what's wrong with, you know. Brother, if we were all meant to be bookers, then we would be a booker, but we're not. Well, the, the thing is... <laughs> You know, I come into this not as an insider, even though I promoted yeah. for, uh, you know, for over 20 years, 22 years. But that was a very long time ago when I was, I've been out of the business for a really, really long time. And one of the things that I rely upon for you to bring to the table that you do every week so well is to dispel what I think is the truth, because I come into this with an opinion based on what is supposed to be the truth. And you'll say, well, no, that's not 
that's not what happened. That's not the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and I like that because, you know, I'm not, and I'll be the first to tell you, I'm not always right. I, 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 nor, nor should I be. Right, right, right. So, but the, the thing that we do that I think separates everybody else, you know, and you and I have had this conversation. It seems like everyone who watches wrestling now is an expert. Yep. Everybody's an expert. Well, I don't claim to be. I don't pretend to be. Nope. If I don't know, I'm going to tell you, I don't know. If anything, I was going to say, if anything, I've kind of opened your eyes back up into wanting to watch wrestling again. Um, because yeah, I, yeah, I'm watching again for the first time in a long time. I, I'll tell you what, because I know the first few conversations we had, you definitely were like, I don't want anything to do with it. I don't want to watch it. It's crap. It's, you know, <laughs> you basically yeah, tell everybody the conversation you and I had about a podcast. Uh, well, oh, we were button heads more or less. I mean, it was, you're wanting to go one direction. I'm going, no, we need to go this direction. And you're going, no, kid, I want to go this direction. And I'm going, <laughs> you don't understand. This is the way we need to go because I'm telling you, the wrestling podcasts are, are, are you know, are a happening thing. And you were going, I don't want anything to do with that stupid wrestling business. You know, right. you, you said you're like, you're stuck in the bubble. You're this, you're that. And I'm going, no, I'm not. I'm like, you got to understand. <laughs> well, and, now, Jeff, how old am I? Uh, old enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, well, I'm 60, okay? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, and I'm 42. We got 20 I, years almost between yeah, us. Yeah, and you're a kid. And, 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 you know. I have a daughter almost your age. You know, you, yeah, exactly. You know, and, uh. You know, I, I think that, you know, you know again, we're, we're giving some definite sidebar here, but going into a little bit behind the scenes of me and you getting started. That's okay. We got all afternoon. It was, uh, it was definitely, it was interesting because, you know, I, I, I kind of, I convinced you. It wasn't the other way yeah. around. And Very much so. I, right. I convinced you kicking and screaming. Yeah. And I will tell everyone listening that I... You know, I went into this shaking my hand, going, it'll never work. It'll never work. And come to find out, I'm looking, and we got subscribers every week, new people joining every week, and we've got downloads like crazy. And, and, and I'm and thinking to myself, people are actually downloading our show. And we have barely even scratched the surface of what we're going Well, we should tell everybody, this is week five. We're only in the week five. Yep. And uh, and, and, and I, I want to say this, too. At various times, we may have other shows besides our main show that we may decide to go to YouTube and do a, a show or... or oh, another. we will definitely have... Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up for people. We're definitely going to have specials. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, where we take the deep dive into a particular subject and we're going to discuss that subject for the whole show. Right, right. Like I'll just, I'll give everybody the heads up, Jeff. We actually have a show coming up probably in a week or two where we are going to discuss nothing but wrestling finances. That's going to be a good one. Yeah. I, I don't think that fans... Just to give you a really quick way where my stance is on it, I don't think that fans realize exactly 
they, they'll, they'll sit there and say, oh, they need to be paid better. They need this, they need that. I don't think that they realize how much actually goes into the production of a show. When you consider really quick that a Monday Night Raw to run a Raw with fire, pyro, paying the boys, paying your... Yeah, exactly. You're, you're talking upwards of three to $400,000 an episode. Yeah. That's not cheap. No, it's, it's certainly not. And if you happen to take one on the chin because you didn't sell out the arena... That money's got to come from your ad revenue or wherever else it's got to come from. Absolutely, of course. But, well, well, look, they, you know, there's no free lunch. Somebody's got to pay for it. There you go. And, I mean, that that's basically where we're going to be headed to when we do the episode on wrestling finances. Now, okay, enough stalling. Let's get into the big news of today that dropped. Okay, about I know you're chomping at the bit, so lay it on me, Jeff. At 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock this morning. I know I, I was texting you, telling you a huge news announcement, and uh, here it is. The WWE's got their uh, Crown Jewel show over in Saudi Arabia uh, tomorrow, uh, Halloween, and then I want to say it start, start time is at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time here in the States. Um, it was just announced though, this morning, for the first time ever, they're going to allow women to compete in front of uh, the crowd over there in the Middle East. And it's going to be Natty Neidhart versus Lacey Evans. Lacey Evans is a former U.S. Marine. Um, you know, you know, God bless her for her service that she gave to our country. And um, Natty Neidhart, you know, is a legend in the business. And, you know, I think Natty, if you want to get technical in my opinion, I think Natty really has earned the spot versus anybody who's even champion versus Charlotte or anybody. Natty has been around for the last 10 plus years she was around when it was nothing but a uh when it was all about the divas before they actually got into the wrestling yeah right. a, a girl that was bred to wrestle who had to deal with a two or three minute match with a girl who had yeah. no no care about being in the wrestling business right and i ain't talking natty i mean whoever her opponent may have been and and she may have to even put the girl over she may have been doing the favors doing the honors now, and so I think Natty, in my opinion, deserves that. And, and here's why this is Well, so I was funny. just going to ask you th this question, Jeff. And forgive my interruption for a moment. Go ahead. But why is this such a big deal mm. for the WWE? And why is it an even bigger deal outside of the uh, world of wrestling? What's uh, the significance of all of this? I mean, as, as I texted you this morning and even said, th this has political ramifications to a point and i ain't talking like on a presidential type level but okay explain and here's the deal you're talking saudi arabia middle east middle eastern country muslim is there the muslim religion is a religion where they're women and i and i'm not talking disparagingly about the country or the religion but the women are viewed as second class citizens more or less over there and um they are not allowed to do much of anything with their husbands or men in general um, because of how they're viewed. And right. the WWE, this, uh, you know, we're going to give it a little bit of history really quick. WWE, when they first went over there to Saudi Arabia, the prince of Saudi Arabia is the one that is paying mega, 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 huge millions of dollars to have WWE come over there two times a year. I heard, Jeff, they paid, the Saudi government paid a billion dollars 
I don't for, know for the for the first crown jewel. I don't know how accurate that figure is. I mean, it's anywhere between like five hundred million to a billion. I mean, it's in between those two. Uh, no, no real number has been, to my knowledge, released. Um, I'm sure if I was a shareholder that had enough shares, I could find out, but I'm not. Well, Dave Meltzer reported uh, in Wrestling Observer that uh, that the, the Saudis uh, paid a billion dollars to WWE. That they, they, and that very well just for the first crown jewel. No, 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 no. What it, now? That that part. Okay, let me correct that really quick. And okay. I, now, see, this is why, and for people who are listening, this is why Jeff the Ref is here. It, it was the Saudi government paid for a five-year deal. Gotcha. Okay, that and makes better sense. They and they are guaranteed at least two shows a year. Now. All they're guaranteed is a show. WWE could put on a crap show, but what they have said, they told the Saudi, uh, the, the prince and, or the government, basically, you tell us the matches you want, we'll do what we can to make them happen. I mean, when you got, you, you got Tyson Fury, who is a boxer, getting, yeah. ready, getting ready to face Braun Strowman at this next uh, Crown Jewel pay-per-view, he's getting ready to make $15 million for a payoff. That's a staggering amount of money. That's more than he's ever made for a boxing match, and he's a world heavyweight champ in boxing. That, now, let's talk about that. The money that they're paying, and I've, I've heard people argue this point, but the money that they're paying a non-wrestler mm -hmm. for a wrestling match is more than they're paying their highest paid guy right now who I believe may be either Seth Rollins or Brock Lesnar. But keep in mind that money isn't coming out of WWE's pockets, coming out of the Saudi government. Well, that's, yeah, yeah, true. Okay, good point. I good mean, point. Goldberg was paid $5 million to come back to face Taker. And we saw how that went. Well, I mean, it was a debacle, but hey, you know... <laughs> it was a big debacle. I, I mean, Goldberg knocked himself out. <laughs> Shawn, Michaels, Shawn Michaels had stayed retired, had been offered at least a million plus to come back for a WrestleMania matches, and then told Vince, no, no, no. Right. He gets offered like four million to come back for the Saudi government. He jumped. So, to quote the million dollar man, everybody's got a price. Well, for sure in wrestling, that's that, uh, that is for sure. So, but okay, that's so, just you know, staggering. That kind of money, though, it is no, it's insane money that, that, that this man is spending to bring the WWE over there, and and have, this is why we're going to have a show on just finance. on wrestling finances, because yeah. this, this is crazy stuff. So, the first crown jewel went down two years ago. Okay. Um, I believe it was. Yeah, it was two years ago. They've had, this will be their fourth one coming up. So, um, it was either two years ago or one year ago. Anyway, the first one happened and significantly the WWE had asked, they said, we are a family environment. Would you okay. all allow the women of your country to attend with their husbands and sons or daughters, whatever. Right. 
they actually allowed that to happen, but the women had to stay in full head garb down to, you know, their Yeah, regular. I noticed that one. I did watch that show on the network. Now, that right there was a big step because okay. prior to that, no other sporting event had the Saudi women been allowed to attend with their husband. Right. So it's, uh, it, it's considered taboo. Mm -hmm. It's more or less against religion. You're true, yeah. And and then WWE came under fire though because they're like, you're going over there, you know, to Saudi Arabia where you know you guys are claiming to be all about women's empowerment and the women's movement, and this is right around when you know. Yeah. And they're like, so, but yet they they they're against women being allowed to even you know go to the show, let alone wrestle on the show. And WWE corporate. Their response was they 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 had an awesome response. Their response was, "It's not our job to change religious law. Our job, right. though, is to bring entertainment and to hopefully open their eyes to, to you know more things." Right. Now, this Saudi prince, the Saudi Arabian prince, who who is bringing the wrestling over there, he is a younger man. And he is more open to being more open to some of the Western culture that we we have over here. Okay, now let me stop you there, Jeff. Let me ask you. You say he's a younger guy, right? Mm -hmm. This prince, and he's he's very much though um, a part of the the, the uh, Saudi royal family. He is. He is. You know, now, he is, is he the, the son of the? The, the main uh, sheik there? I'm not, I you know what, you're, you're asking something I do not know. I know that he's got enough power though that he can get, you know, he's able to have the wrestling come there. He's able to have certain things allowed. And, I'm surprised that I asked you something you don't know the answer to. Well, <laughs> you're, you're talking now, you're talking a, a whole nother level, like world politics almost that um, uh, I'm not but so familiar with on that level. Um, but what I was going to say was he, he, he is open to change slowly over there and they are slowly allowing more and more things to happen, such as women are now allowed to drive over in that country when they never have been allowed to before. Well, uh, the fact that, that he's allowing two female athletes to compete is... There you go. It, that that's staggering. That that's is, uh, that's like that groundbreaking. But really now bad. it's you know the, well, the the question that I would ask uh, and and just hear me out for a minute. The question I would ask is, what type of okay? Granted, he's allowing women to wrestle. Okay. Yeah. But we know that you're not going to change. You know. 5,000 years of history overnight. So what type of ring attire can you expect that they'll wear? Probably a body suit. Okay, kind of like what Natty, uh, Natalia wears something kind of very clad, like a, almost a... Similar to what Natty wears right now. When you say it's like a kind of leathery looking... Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, right? Here it is. Okay, uh... A couple of years ago, and this is actually what kind of led to the Saudi government being or allowing this to happen. A couple of years ago, the WWE was in another 
Muslim nation of I, I do not remember the country's name and forgive me for that one. I believe I, it was Qatar. Okay. And they allowed Sasha Banks to take on Alexa Bliss in a match between two women that they normally would not allow. Yeah. And they wrestled in a full body suit from the neck down they were covered. Yeah, that was, by the way, that was in Qatar, yeah. which is in Iraq. And, okay, and here was what was, as a lot of the girls, you know, the, the, well, Lacey, or not Lacey, Alexa and Sasha and even Stephanie McMahon, who was over there, had said, what was really cool was after that match, the women in the audience started chanting, this is hope. I Yeah, I, I actually heard that. So that being, you know, we'll go we'll fast forward to where we are today with the Saudi government tomorrow allowing Natty Neidhart to face Lacey Evans. Keep in mind that the last uh, crown jewel last year that they had, the last uh, Saudi event that they did, um, I want to say it was Charlotte and Natty. They were on standby. They had actually taken a flight over there because they were trying to talk the government. And he and the prince was, I mean, that close to making the decision then to allow it to happen, but he, he pulled the plug. Yeah. And now they're allowing it. So, yeah. and, and like I said, the reason why I say it's politically shattered, you know, kind of changing is the climate over there is changing. And for them... Well, Jeff, let me ask you a question. Uh, we're talking about the political climate as well as the, the cultural climate. Yeah. You know, uh, let's let's be real. Let's be really real about this. Uh, Vince McMahon is I mean, he's no slouch politically. I mean, right. He's, he's friends with the president of the United States, his wife Trump. president of the United States. His wife works for the president of the United States at at his leisure. She works for him. Right. How much do you think? And let's just get inside here now uh, and try to get into the, the headspace. How much do you think that Vince McMahon's political connections brought about this change? That's interesting. I wouldn't be surprised if it was on a little bit or a phone call from one person to another on the inside that from... Somebody in the White House over the over to them that could have happened, or I mean, you know, but you're you're also talking an entertainment business, a sporting entertainment business, and I don't know that they would necessarily want to politically get wrapped up into that. Um, well, however, it's not the first time, Jeff, that no, politics and sports. No, no, have because. Even the last time that they went over there to Saudi, they were under the gun because that was right after the beheading of the U.S. reporter had happened. Yeah, and, yeah, sure uh, was. And WWE came under the gun. I mean, they even had senators saying, you you shouldn't go over there, you know. Well, they came under the gun, as I recall, uh, for going over as quickly as they did. They the the, uh, the argument being made was too soon, too soon. Yeah, they were saying too, and you know, you had senators then who were trying to say you all shouldn't go, but whatever. I, I mean, it, it's 
you you got to sit there. I mean, that's a fine line to tread. You know what I mean? Like, oh sure. You know, there uh, years ago, I heard. You know, it's a true story. It was um, during the eighties when Israel was, was at the height of their their uh, war with. I want to say Pakistan may have been. I remember. But the Harlem Globetrotters went over there, and they said, "We'll play a game as long as there's no missiles or guns or anything being fired while we play." Right. Yeah. For, for an hour, the two hours that these guys played and were doing their game. Yes. The two sides didn't shoot at each other. Yeah, that was Palestine, is what you're thinking of. Palestine. Yeah. Okay. And Israel and, and Palestine. My point being. I think when it comes to a sporting event or an entertainment event, when you're talking for your whole country to go, come out and see, I think you're willing to do certain things and, and, and drop certain laws or allow certain things to happen that you may not normally allow to happen. What I was saying, though, is by the Saudi government allowing this, that means they're allowing more Western culture over there, and there's nothing wrong with that. They're, oh, no, certainly not. It, it, it's definitely a plus for the women of that country. Um, oh, and, absolutely. And, and, you know, they're, they're, I'm not saying that, some, you know, I'm not saying that overnight that we're all saying you're going to start seeing women considered on the same level as men. Because, again, you're, you're asking for religious law to more or less be changed at that point in thousands of years of, of law. Oh, yeah. And, and, and anything, look, let's be honest about it. Anything that's worth changing is going to take a long struggle. It, it sure does. But little steps like this are significant. And, you know, no doubt. absolutely. You know, for the WWE to be the very first to have a women's sporting contest to take place. That's awesome. And, and you know what? I, I mean, I hope they go in there and they knock it out of the park. I really do. I hope. I hope these women don't let the nerves get the best of them, knowing how much of the weight of the world is kind of on their shoulders at the, and all eyes will be on yeah. them. So let's give them a quick plug uh, since we're talking about Crown Jewel. When is yeah. Crown Jewel? Crown Jewel is tomorrow night or tomorrow day on the WWE Network live at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Halloween night or Halloween day for us. Um, and it starts at 1 p.m. And... Uh, besides the women's match that we've been talking about here, Natty and Lacey, we're going to have The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, my favorite, going on the roster right now, taking on Seth Rollins in a Falls Count Anywhere match. Um, one match that's being really hyped right now is Brock Lesnar, Kane. I can't say his last name. I, I, Velas Kane Velasquez. Yeah. yeah uh, the, the only UFC fighter to knock out Brock Lesnar and beat him and gave him the scar under his eye is going to be coming in for this match. Um, and, and uh, you know, I expect Kane to actually win it. I really do. I don't expect them to eat. They're, it's a non-title match. But if anything, you're going to set up for them at it's, WrestleMania. It's interesting. It's, it's very funny, too, because I saw that when, when Kane Velasquez made his WWE entrance, I saw real fear on the face of Brock Lesnar for the first time. Yep. He's knowing that this guy legit knocked him out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And if you look at, at Kane, uh, Kane Velasquez, he doesn't look like he could knock Brock Lesnar out. No. He, 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 but He's not a hard body guy. 
No. He's not a bodybuilder. He looks like a, and I'm going to be honest with you, he looks like a guy that just got out of prison. You know, and I was going to say, he doesn't look like somebody I'd want to tangle with. But right. he doesn't look like a badass that's also beat Brock Lesnar. And no. Yet, I mean, he owned Brock Lesnar in the UFC. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the steel term, he made Brock his bitch. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why I make the, the prison reference. He looks like a guy that just got out of the joint. Yeah, he does, and and that's not saying anything bad about him. I mean, no, I'm not. I'm certainly not disparaging the guy. He's, you know, I actually heard an interview he did with uh, with Dave Lagreca and uh, Bully Ray on Busted Open Radio. Shout yep. out to Dave Lagreca and Bully Ray at Busted Open. Yep, and uh, and Kane and and Ray Mysterio and did an interview, and he sounded like a really decent guy. I mean, I, my my issue is that he just doesn't look like a guy who could beat up Brock Lesnar legit. But right. you know, if you know if you know the fact that it's happened, now you got it in your head as a fan. You're gonna. Yeah. You're, you know what? You're going to have people watching to see, do they go off the rails and go into business for themselves? Well, and that's already being talked about. I mean. You know, Brock has a history. He does. Of going into business for himself. Uh, he Well, let's just go back to the Randy Orton incident. You know, uh, and where he, uh, he led a hard way. Busted open uh, Randy Orton. Yeah, I for mean, sure. I, I mean, okay. Here's the deal. How much of that, though, do you think wasn't Randy and him getting together beforehand, and him asking Brock, "Hey, Brock, we need to get color. It's going to make the match look more intense. Can you legit hardway me and do it as quick as possible, as easy as possible? Not that Brock could be easy about it, because I'll tell you what." That man throwing a tater at you, you're going to feel it for the next five days. So You know, Jeff, you are such a cynic. <laughs> <laughs> you are so cynical about wrestling. <laughs> but you think like a fan, and I like that. <laughs> well, I, I, I mean, it's I, – I, I, the way I look at it is – Well, and that's but, – but that's the illusion of wrestling. You don't know – no. Nowadays, you don't know what's real and, and what's... That's, what, that's when they can grab you and bring you in, is whenever they make you ask, oh shit, did they act, was that legit? Well, you know, I saw that when it happened, the uh, oh, the, the Lesnar-Orton match. Oh no, he, he, he gave him legit bows to the head. Yeah. What I'm saying is, what I'm alluding to is... How much of that wasn't Randy getting together with Brock ahead of time? We're, yeah. in, a hell, we're in a hell of a cell. What's going to sell this match even more brutally yeah. than you busting me open? And not to mention, the fans already look at you as this badass that can do anything. Now, is the reason for that, Jeff, just to get people talking? Oh, absolutely. Dude, they had Chris Jericho convinced in the back that it was legit. I heard Jericho went after Lesnar and confronted him. And Lesnar said, back it up, little man. You don't know everything. Interesting comment by Brock Lesnar. So why would you say I, that? I wouldn't want Brock Lesnar angry at me. Let's put it that way. No, neither would I. I mean, <laughs> you know, 
You want to know who I think is the ultimate worker in the business right now is Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman. Oh, Paul for sure. Because Absolutely. Paul is is brilliant. Okay, there was here, here it is. You people even question this. Uh, there was a behind the scenes of WrestleMania of thirty something, and it aired on the network. And they showed Brock Lesnar after his match. I want to say against Goldberg, he had just won the belt. Right. And they show him going through Gorilla. He takes it. I mean, he zings the motherfucker at Vince McMahon. He said, here, take your fucking belt, asshole, or something along those lines. Right. Now, was he legit pissed, or did he do it because he knew cameras were on him and it would have people talking about? Well, you know, that that's a really good question. That's a real good question, and I will confess, I don't know the answer to I that. I don't either. That's, what I, that's why I said he's the ultimate worker right now, is... He does shit, and he has everybody going, hold up, maybe that shouldn't have happened. And it started It started way back when he beat Undertaker and took the streak. Yeah. You know, yeah. you have people then going, hold up, how do we know that they didn't legit do something funny there? Well, I mean, he knows how to get people talking. We know that. There you go. And if, uh, if you've got Paul Heyman by your side, and he's your mouthpiece... All you need to do is stand there and shut up. And, and that's what he does. And he gets paid millions to do it. And is that, <laughs> now think about that. The art of the promo. When you and I have had that conversation yes, too. Yes, we have. Okay. The best promo guy in the business isn't even a worker. Nope. But he used to be a manager. True. But he was never a worker. In other words, he was never responsible. Nobody was for talking asses into the seats because he had his guys who he was in charge of. Who he that's had where I was going with it. Yeah, he had to get guys. He had to get. He didn't need to worry about getting himself over. He had to worry about getting his talent over to where you're going to want to see. Part of the beauty, and Jim Cornette even says this about him. Part of the beauty is. I talk you into wanting to see my tag team versus, you know, that other tag team. However, you also, as a fan, are going to turn up and go, I may not be able to, in, in Paul Heyman's case, he managed the Samoans or whatever. I may not be able to beat the Samoans' ass, but I'll be damned if I can't beat that little pipsqueak's ass. Right. And that's their job as a manager. Yeah, you're so pissed. You hate that manager so much as... as you know, Cornette, he had somebody, they wrote into a show one time, it made me laugh. Somebody wrote in, they said, to the only man who could ever make my church-going granny cuss at the TV. <laughs> that, you know what I mean? That that's, When you could do that, you're doing something, man. But, uh, well, you know, it's, it's funny because, you know, we think of Vince McMahon as, you know, Mr. McMahon, the character, the evil boss. Yep. But if you think about it, didn't Paul Heyman do that long before Vince McMahon? Well, and, and what, ECW? And ECW. I don't know that he was so much as the evil boss as it was that he was... Well, everybody knew he was the guy running the show. Oh, yeah, no, 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 no. He was probably the first to really let the fans in on the secret of, I'm the one controlling all the shots. I'm, I, but he put himself out there as... I am the one who's the booker. I'm the promoter. Mm -hmm. And if you guys don't like it, tell me. If you love it, tell me. True. He, he made himself and see fans. 
I, I love ECW, but I hate them all at the same time. I mean, I got to love hate with them. There's yeah, but, but you know, Jeff, it was it was Paul. If you if you look back on it now, if we look back on the history of ECW, it was Paul Heyman that did did ninety five percent of all the trash talking. Yeah, and and that and I believe that was by purpose design that that was a deliberate thing of Paul putting himself out there as the as the heel, if you will. As the heavy, I don't think it would. But he painted what are you, what are your thoughts on that. Tell me. No, okay, I think Paul Heyman painted himself as the babyface to his to the ECW crowd, and even to the ECW locker room. And he may have been a heel to the other promoters, and they may have looked at him that way because, you know, he he. I mean, every time WCW turned around, he was suing them. And then he was on WWE's payroll. I mean, you know, it's so... It, 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 he would sit there and get the boys. It was an us-against-them mentality of we're the yeah. little fish in the big pond and, and we're swimming upstream and it's us versus them. Well, he positioned himself right from the get-go as the misfits and malcontents. Yep, because the locker room was uh, uh, basically a bunch of guys from Philadelphia and New York that nobody ever heard of. And a bunch of WWF and WCW cast-offs. Yeah. That they wanted nothing to do with. And that basically made enough noise that they garnered the attention of the media and in a very big way. Yeah. and and But... As much noise as they here 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 was the, the thing. As much noise and ruckus as they caused, the highest, the most crowd that they ever drew was like fifty five hundred people. True, this is true. They they could sit there and, and and trash WCW and WWF and say how much better their product was and how they offered wrestling against, you know, what you're used to seeing, and we have hardcore, and we're doing this. And they did, and they definitely were. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, they may show up to a venue and only draw 300. Well, in, in fairness, though, at the time, Paul Heyman was financing the entire operation out of pocket yep. and going from hand to mouth, and he will tell you the same thing. But, but the other thing is that the ECW arena in Philadelphia was a legit bingo hall. Yeah. That only held 1,200 people, and they used to get 1,500 to 2,000 in that building. Well, here's my argument, though, is if you are that good, if they were that good of a product, you could have gone and taken your show on the road, which they did do and do, do well, house shows. Yeah, but you can you can do that if you have the money to buy a big building. I they ran our my local concert amphitheater that seats twenty thousand people. Okay, they may have drawn five hundred for the show. Wow! And when was this, Jeff? Ninety nine, two thousand. 98 99 okay so let's look let's look at w at ec at, i'm sorry at ecw 
1999-2000, they were kind of on their their last leg. They were, but so then why were they running? Why were they running a twenty thousand seating amphitheater? I, unless they got a hell of a sweet deal on it, unless it was I, given I mean, to them for nothing. I, 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 they, they, they ran another uh, concert venue called the Boathouse, which they actually had no seating in this joint, none, no seating. It was a standing room only, and they may have drawn three hundred fifty people for wow. a venue that, that normally standing standing room only for a concert. Would sell out at twenty five hundred. Wow, see, I didn't know any of this. So, I'm not taking away from what ECW meant to the wrestling business, right? And, and, and wrestlers' careers. I'm saying they. Here we go. They were a niche product for a niche audience. Okay. But they were not mainstream. Paul Heyman had them convinced that they could be mainstream. He just didn't have the money to go mainstream. Well, to go mainstream with that product, you would have had to have advertisers that were extremely liberal, knowing the kind of product that ECW was. Yep. Let's be real clear about it. It was, it was hardcore wrestling that didn't have a name hardcore yet. There you go. Now, here we go. We're going to fast forward. ECW died. Out of ECW spawned ROH. Okay, Ring of Honor. Right. Ring of Honor was originally founded by Rob Feinstein from RF Video. Yep. And uh, Gabe Sapolsky, um, who was actually the writer and booker, whatever you want to call him, talent man for... ROH for the beginning all the way up until 2008, 2009-ish. Yeah, Gabe, Gabe Sapolsky was the uh, writer and booker. Yeah. And, and, that and, I know. And yeah. Gabe actually sat under the learning tree of Paul Heyman. Yes, he did. So, um... Well, Gabe started out as a fan that used to attend matches at the yes. arena. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, and, and actually, how he got started was he drove Paul Heyman home one night. Yep. So, and, uh, and they, they had if you're going to learn, you know, learn from the master, you know? So, um, but what I was going to say is ECW spawned ROH. They, they went, they got that same group of fans that enjoyed ECW. Yeah. Turned out for ROH. Right. However... ROH has now since been sold to Sinclair, a major production, major company, but they've never gotten out of that mindset. Of, why is that, Jeff? I don't know. I can't explain it because... Well, why is Ring of Honor, and, and by the way, a great product. I awesome. love watching Ring of Honor. The problem, though, is they have yet, and I don't know why, I can't explain it, but they have yet to break out. They're uh -huh. still they they're still basically very regional. They're and, very and they're treading water at this time. I mean, um, but even though think about it, you said it yourself. They have Sinclair Broadcasting. That's a big television outfit. Part of the problem is that Sinclair, as big as they are, they cannot dedicate a certain time. To say, 
Ring of Honor fans, we're going to be on Saturday nights at 8 p.m. Okay, now, Jeff, talk talk about that a minute, because you and I have had this conversation privately. Yeah. Now, we get, and I should tell people, I'm in New Jersey, and Jeff is in Virginia. Yeah. Uh, I get the Ring of Honor show on Thursday nights at 11 p.m. And mine comes on, the same one that you'll have watched on Thursday will be on here at Saturday night at 10 p.m. And so that's part of the problem that, that Sinclair Broadcasting is having. It's also the same problem that ECW had. Yeah, not, not getting consistent television. That and when you put them on and you're late at night, you're not able to get that teenage to kid audience that you need. To yeah, really well, so you're not them. going to get that wrestling demographic at 11 o'clock at night. Nope. I mean... Let's face it, what 10-year-old is even up at 10 p.m. or 11 p.m.? Well, they're not going to be up at 11 p.m. on a Thursday. And not even necessarily on a Saturday at 10 p.m. They're probably going to be playing a video game if they are awake. True. True enough. So, I mean, that's part of their problem, I think, is that they don't have a set dedicated time. I mean, one thing that makes AEW... You know, one reason why they were able to explode like they did on TNT and and get over so quickly on that was they're on a nationally syndicated cable network. And they were able to say, we're going to be on Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Tune in. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Right. ROH can't do that. All they can do is say, tune in and watch us. So they're at the mercy of Sinclair. Well, they're at the mercy of whenever you're lo- their local. No, not Sinclair. It's whatever. Like my my local. Oh, so they're they're at the mercy of the local market. Where- there you go. Whenever they want to plug them in, Sinclair says you need to air ROH. Yeah, whenever you do it is up to you. You need, and they may even say we need it to air before two p two a.m. That that's a hell of a window, though, brother. You, you, exactly. So how do you even sell advertising or any kind of prime advertising for your promotion? Yeah. I mean, you, you can't even go to Snickers or Eminem or any of the, low, you know, anybody who would even want low budget commercials and make a pitch. Well, Jeff, that leads me to this question then. How long will Sinclair put up with that before they pull the plug on ROH? Uh, I, I, I think... I, I think that they are hopeful that they'll be able to get, you know, they look at it as, you know, they got the deal with New Japan, that they are on pay-per-view. Um, to their benefit, they don't really run a house show circuit. Um, they do their filming, uh, you know, they'll normally film a month at a time and, you know, a three or four day time span. Right. Um, so that's all a matter of, you know, that's all money-saving Cost right there, cost saving measures. Yeah. And so I don't know that they would have to pull the plug because they may not be losing, but so much money. Well, and, but you have to think to yourself though, if you're a television distributor like Sinclair Broadcasting, you've got to think to yourself at some point, when does this product not become financially feasible for us? I, I I would say once they start like 
actually losing money on whatever it may be that they run. Now, well, do you know if they're actually losing money or whether they're are they breaking I, I, even? I, say that I don't know if they're operating in the red or, or in the black. I'm assuming that they're they're operating in the in the uh, in the black. You know, the, you know. Otherwise, they probably would pull the plug on them. I mean, well, let me ask you a question: If they're breaking even, are they ahead right now? Then. I think they may just be breaking even. Would you consider that a win, in your opinion? I mean, it depends on what you want to consider a win in a promotion. I mean, they don't really have any significant names there right now that are even being talked about as far as talent being looked at. By no, but, it, but in fairness, they, they are still on television. Oh, no. Such and, as it is, but they're still on TV. Well, I mean, part of the problem is... is the WWE, because they can, they came along and they offered, I mean, they offered contracts to, you know, six, seven of their talent and Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, you know, the different ones that make up. Yeah. The elite. You, um, I mean, literally ROH lost in a year, within the last year, year and a half. They lost a good portion of their roster to AEW and, and WWE. And we should mention that Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano are uh, are two ROH guys that are now two of the biggest stars of NXT. I mean, the Young Bucks came out of ROH. They didn't get started there, but they came from there when, you know, before AEW. Right. Cody came from there before AEW. Kenny Omega was over there before AEW. Yeah. And you look at them, and they are the talk of the business right now. And you lost four huge names in your promotion all of a sudden and just gone. Yeah. That hurts. Well, let's segue, because that's a great segue into where we're going now, which yeah. is as we're dropping this on Wednesday. So that means that last night, NWA Power was on. Yep. And now they've done something really interesting. They're not on television, but they're on YouTube and Facebook and Facebook. So give us the uh, the, the heads up on uh, the goings on of uh, NWA Power these days. What what's happening in the world of NWA? Well, NWA Power is uh, really quick. Just uh, they're owned by Billy Corgan, who is uh, a member of the Smashing Pumpkins. He owns and operates all of NWA. He owns the name. He has everything. They are um, basing the, that promotion out of Georgia, um, filming it in old uh, old TV studio setting with the flag flags in the background, and you know, um, it's, it looks very, it's very it's very much reminiscent. Of, well, again, I'm I'm yeah. sixty, so I remember Georgia Championship Wrestling with Gordon Soley. Mm-hmm. And I was I was fortunate enough, uh, and God rest his soul. But I was fortunate enough to uh, have met Gordon Soley and uh, and hang out with him for a while. Uh-uh. And uh, yeah, <laughs> Jeff doing his Gordon Soley. But uh, but yeah, it's it what what Billy did is really interesting because he. He recreated the whole studio wrestling feel. Yeah, he did. And it, it looks just like 
the old NWA uh, Georgia Championship Wrestling. And, and you know, they got... They're, they're based in the studio. Nick Aldis is your champion. Um, it has not happened yet. It did happen on their taping, so it's not like I'm breaking news or anything. Jeff, but, let me ask you a question. You mentioned yeah. something just now, really important. Nick Aldis is their champion. Nick Aldis calls himself... The NWA World Heavyweight Wrestling. Listen to what I'm saying. The NWA World Heavyweight Wrestling Champion. Yep. So what he's telling me with that statement is that the National Wrestling Alliance is a wrestling and he is the world champion of wrestling. He conducts himself... Like the old NWA champions did. In other words, he is the heavyweight wrestling champion of the world, is what he's saying. Yep. And and when he walks in, he's got a suit and tie on, and he looks the part of a world champion. He really does. He yeah, for um, sure he does. And, and and he, I mean, amazing talent. Also the husband of Mickey James. So God bless him for that one. Um, yeah. And then, but the NW, the World Tag Champions, they went with the Rock and Roll Express, won them at their at the TV taping. 62-year-old Ricky Morton, NWA World Tag Team Champion. Yeah, I have a problem with that. I, and, 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 for the, and for the record, and everybody knows this, Ricky and Robert spent two days at my house here in New Jersey. <laughs> They worked at a couple shows for me. Great And guys. I love Ricky and I love Robert. They're great guys and they're funny as shit. Yeah. But at 62 years of age, and he's two years older than I am, by the way, I have a problem. Sorry, Ricky, but I do. I have a problem with Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson holding championship gold at 62 years of age. Here's the, here's the difference. Ricky can still go and keep up with the talent of today. But he isn't the whole idea to spotlight the young guys? Oh, no. You do want to spotlight the younger talent. But you know what? Well, you, you don't do that by putting the strap on a guy 62 no. years old. This is just my prediction. This is just me putting on my wrestling thinking cap here. Well, got smarten me up, brother. You got the Dawson brothers, who are your beast tag team over there in the NWA. You had I like a, them guys a lot. You had a heel tag team who was your champions. You put the belts on the legend of the Rock and Roll Express. It gives everybody that feel-good moment. Their faces. You have the Dawsons come in and fucking destroy them to get the belts. Okay, question for you then. Because you, you're the guy who knows probably where this is going better than I do. You take the straps off of Ricky and Robert. Yep. You give them to the Dawsons. Yep. A beast heel team if there ever was one. I love those guys. Trained by George South, by the way. Yeah. Now, what happens to Ricky and Robert? Do they hang around or do they go fade back into the sunset? They could probably, they could probably, I mean, you could either fade them away or else you have them hang out and you don't even have to strap them again. You can give them a rematch. You can use them to put over other tag teams. And I mean, let's face it, Ricky and Robert 
are associated very much so with the NWA name. Oh, they're, they're iconic, absolutely. And they're also associated with, you know, the NWA World Tag Belt. If you got a sure. new promotion or you're you're trying to kick the NWA off the ground, you can't exactly get Ric Flair to be your world champion again. But well, you, true. So why not go with, it's kind of, in a roundabout way, AEW's thinking why they got Jim Ross and Tony Schiavone being the main call guys over there. Well, now let me ask you a question because you just, whether you know it or not, you just went straight into where I was going. Okay. Because here's my question then. If your product, if AEW, now think about this. If AEW, which is the new kids on the block, and NWA, which is the old new kids on the block. (laughs) Right. Right? Yeah. They're coming back. They want... Fresh eyeballs, right? They want new new viewers. Do you really do that with older talent? I understand why Dustin Rhodes um, is wrestling AEW. Now, hear me out a minute. Okay. I, I understand why Dustin is there. Cody's his brother. He's given his brother work. I get that. Yep. Plus, Dustin is really good. Yeah. Okay. So now, people that don't know Dustin but know Cody are going to see Dustin. Yeah. They're going to see that he's got, you know, he's a veteran. He's got some experience. If you're the NWA and you're Billy Corgan and you've got a ton of money that you're sinking into this new organization that's really an old organization – you want new viewers, but bringing the Rock and Roll Express back is going to bring back old viewers, guys that are older than them. Because, I, okay. Why would you do that? Here it is. The older viewers? Am I missing watch. something? Or I mean, tell me yeah, what no, I'm no, missing. You, you, well, here it is. Here's what I'm going to say. Older viewers are that audience that they're trying to get back. Because they quit okay. they they quit watching. If you can get an older fan, i.e., even my age, uh, even a little bit older, will you know go up? And I tune in because the Rock and Roll Express are there, and I'm going. You know what? Hey, and I got my my you know my kid with me. Hey, son, come here. Look, this tag team. I grew up. You know, this is I grew up watching. He watches at the same time, and he finds. Well, I really like this person. I like that person. Now right. you a new viewer in the kid. Okay. Dad's back to watching. Now you got two new viewers, basically. All right. Go ahead. I follow you. Okay. So you don't hurt your product by having those veterans on there because if anything, what you're doing is you're getting the older eyes back to watching that may have quit watching. But shouldn't you use them sparingly, Jeff? Oh, yeah, I would use a Rock and Roll Express very sparingly. I would. Well, now, now keep that thought there for a minute because I'm going to tie in this question to what we're talking about. Okay. We spoke earlier in the podcast about Crown Jewel. Yeah. Now, we should say that Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan are going to be a Crown Jewel. Yep. I have also heard a little birdie tell me 
that there might be you're laughing because you know where I'm going with this. <laughs> I've heard a little birdie tell me that there might be a face-to-face -face square off with the Hulk and the Not Nature Boy. Happen. Not gonna happen. You're saying no, okay. I mean, they they may get in, Hogan may do the you flare through a couple good chops and a couple good punches by Hogan, and that's gonna be about it. You're not gonna see anything other than that. Okay, so now to tie in the question to the to the NWA and the rock and roll, how long then, Jeff, do you keep the, the vets around for? You keep them around for as long as they're willing to stay and hang out in that back to keep everybody in line. That's an interesting... I didn't think you were going to go there. Okay. To keep um, them in line. Okay. You, to help I, out. My thought would have been... Again, see, but you're you're looking at it as the wrestling fan, which is... This is why we got this back and forth. Because <laughs> I'm learning. So if I'm, if I'm a guy that I consider myself a casual viewer, but you're a diehard. Right. Okay. And that's why we get along so well. And so you're looking at this as the diehard wrestling guy. Yeah. And I'm a guy who watches from time to time. I'm a casual viewer. Yeah. If I'm looking at Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan, and I'm looking at them in 2019, I'm mighty disappointed at what I'm seeing because I remember Hulk Hogan 30 years ago. I remember Ric Flair 35 years ago. I may be disappointed in how they look, but the, okay, the nostalgic part of it, for a lot of people, takes them back to being that child again. They're back into the 1980s in front of their TV and hearing Hogan, let me tell you something, brother. I'm going to be there at the Philadelphia Spectrum, brother, and I'm going to be taking on Andre, that, that big, burly giant, Andre the Giant dude, and I'm going to slam that brother one more time, brother. And Ric Flair... That was a great Hogan impression, by the way. <laughs> and, and Ric Flair, you know, he, you know, talking to, you know, uh, you know, they... they in a lot of people's minds, they may be old men, but to them, they still see them from the 1980s. Well, and you know, and it's, and, 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 again. And that's that's a good point that I didn't think about the, that you brought up. The nostalgia factor. Yep. So now, but here's the other issue I, that I might have, though, and I'm sure you'll find a way to convince me otherwise. <laughs> but Okay, I get the nostalgia factor because, believe it or not, I love the fact that the rock and roll is still out there. I don't like the fact that they're wearing the straps, though. That's my that's my only problem with them. I, I get what you're saying, but again, if you had a heel tag team, you need a face tag team to get that your new heel. Oh yeah, but then Rock and Roll Express is is super uber over. And how do nice. how do you not feel bad for these? Big, mean, nasty dudes just beat the hell out of two legends. They just beat the shit out of two legends and took right. the belts off of them. That, I mean, that was a that will be equivalent, honestly, to the Road Warriors when they came in and they no sold for Baron Von Rasky and the Crusher yeah. away, and mm -hmm. and they basically said when the Crusher said, "Brother, you ain't picking me up for a press slam." 
and I, an animal looked at him and said, the hell I ain't. And yeah. Like, <laughs> that's what, it, you know, that crowd felt so bad for Baron and Crusher by the end of it, they were selling out the rematches. Yeah. Not that the NWA is yeah. touring. Not that the NWA is, NWA is touring, but by the time that the AWA was done with that whoop again, the Road Warriors were established as these big, mean, nasty bastards that you, I mean, that you weren't going to be able to beat. Yeah, true enough. Yeah. So you put. Well, I mean, they were a, a physically imposing team. You know, I've, I've had a chance to meet the Road Warriors, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, God rest his soul, you know, uh, Hawk and, and Animal. Of course, yep. Joe Arnice is still around. But, uh, you know, Mike is no longer here. But. You know, uh, th those two guys, they were, they were, th first of all, they looked like wrestlers, but they were big, imposing dudes. I mean, they were they big were. guys. And that's what I'm trying to say. The Dawsons may not have that muscle mass, but those two weigh over 300 pounds a piece. Yeah. They look the part of being wrestlers. Oh, they're but, big old country boys is what they look they, like. They're country strong, as, they, as the saying goes. Yeah. And... They are just big and nasty that you, I mean, you just know that they can go in there and probably rack shop. And again, you have them destroy the Rock and Roll Express. Yeah. And they get the belts. And now you, 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 you're going to make them even more hated. Yeah. You still endured the, the Rock and Roll Express to the, to the fans. And you gave the rock and roll that nostalgic, you know, one more time run with the belts. I got a question for you. Yeah. When will Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan go away? Never. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, you just dashed my hopes, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I think... I think that both of them need that wrestling ring and the fans. I was just going to ask you, that: do they want to be there or do they need to be there? Because I really believe my my gut tells me, and I'm shooting straight serious. Yeah. My gut tells me that if Ric Flair stays away from the wrestling business, he'll die. No, you're, no I was going to say the same thing. I think if... Vincent Hunter were to I mean it. I mean he'll he will he will literally die. Yeah, no, I think if if Vincent Hunter were to go to Rick and say, you know what, just stay at home and enjoy your retirement. We're not gonna use you on TV anymore. You, you know, the only uh, the only time that you really need to even worry about coming backstage is any big event for Charlotte. Other than that, we don't want to see you. Yeah. Now, what ha what do you think happens if if that conversation takes place? I, I I'm no I'm in agreement with you. I think Rick dies. I really do. Yeah. I don't think that he could handle. He himself has said. Hey, let me let me ask you this, Jeff. And not I'm gonna, I'm going to interrupt you a minute. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, but that's what will happen to Rick and I. And you and I agree. But now. I don't think the same thing happens to Hulk. No, I don't either. I don't know that Hulk needs the needs the fans and the ador he likes that adoration and, and that the fan of you know going out there. 
but he he gets that same interaction by his little beach bar or whatever he has down there in Tampa. Yeah. Where he can go out there and say, I'm going to be there for two or three hours. And he has a few hundred fans that show up. He gets his rocks off. He's happy. Yeah. Yeah, my my impression is, is the same. I think that he's more likely to assimilate back into society. I don't think Ric Flair can. I don't think he and can. Part of the, and here's why I believe that. And I think you'll agree with it. Terry Bollea knows that he's Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Ric Flair is Ric Flair 24-7. Ric Flair doesn't know how to turn Ric Flair off. No, he, he is the gimmick. As, and, as... And I think that's, that's the difference, and I think that's what'll kill him. Well, I mean, as Beth, as Beth Flair was quoted on 30 for 30 as saying... She used to have to tell Rick, I need Richard Flair, Flair and yeah. not Flair. Yeah. And I don't know that he knows how to, he doesn't know how to turn it off. I don't think he does. I don't think he knows that he's Richard Fleer. I No, I think he lost Richard Fleer years ago. Oh, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And I think he feels like he's got this persona that he's got to constantly live up to. But he doesn't need to. That's the whole thing. In his mind, he does. Jeff, he doesn't need the money. He he can't need the money. Um, well, if he want no, if he wasn't married to Wendy, he would. Well, well brother, we can... four, four divorces and four alimony payments. Yeah, well, we're gonna we're gonna dedicate an entire show to the Nature Boy. <laughs> I mean, oh yeah, we are for sure. Uh... Um. That ought to be an interesting one. Yeah, it'll be fun. Um, uh, I know Hogan doesn't need the money. No, 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 no. Uh, Hulk certainly made very wise, sound investments, I believe. I'll say this. Linda got a good portion of his, of his money, but he's definitely bounced back. So... Well, yeah, um, but he has the ability, though, to do television yep. and movies. Uh, as you said, he owns... Uh, the beach bar, you know, Hulk Hogan beach bar in Florida. Hogan he made, owns the, the gift shop. Boy, Hogan made wise investments. Hogan is also, and I'm not taking away from Ric Flair and who Ric Flair is, but Hogan is more of a uh, culture icon or a pop icon than yeah, Ric Flair ever was. And true that's, enough. That's not taking a, but you, I mean, everybody used to associate professional wrestling with the name Hulk Hogan back in the 80s. Yeah, even if you didn't watch wrestling, you knew who Hulk Hogan was. Me as a kid, I could tell if you are, in, in my eyes, a real wrestling fan versus a fan. A real wrestling fan, if I said, do you watch wrestling? And you said yes. If you gave me any other name besides Hulk Hogan, I knew you actually watched wrestling. Yeah. If, if I said, who's your favorite? And all you said was Hogan, I knew you didn't really watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Um... But I want to get into something really quick sure. uh, before we, we get ready to sign off or whatever. I want to get into last week. Uh, the talk of the Internet a little bit was AEW's ratings dropped below a million. The number. Yes, let's do talk about that. And WWE Smackdown was below a million. 
a lot of people are, are wondering, you know, what's going on? Why would AEW now? If I don't know that WWE needs, I don't, I'm not even gonna say AEW needs to be pumping the brakes, but AEW should be more worried about the fact that their numbers have dropped steadily every week, and haven't every week other than NXT had competition. This what do you past, think the root cause of that is? Why is that happening? I, I think that you, they're okay. They hyped up who they were. People tuned in that initial week. They saw what they offered. They tuned in the second week, and they're going, ah, this is all right. By week three, they're going, now you're starting to get into the silly gaga. Yeah. And Do you think it's turning into, you know, uh, let me back up a minute. When we first saw AEW, they debuted with a show called Double or Nothing. But they weren't AEW yet. Well, no, but they 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 debuted with their their head show was called uh, Double or Nothing, right? right? On that show, we saw wrestling, old school wrestling. Yep. Do you think that they're they're? Are, let me ask you this: Are they getting too comfortable too quickly? I think that they're resting in the laurels of. I wouldn't say too comfortable too quickly as much as it was that they are resting in the fact that they were getting, they were the talk of the internet there because after their first three pay-per-views and then they were hyped about their October debut and then they come out of the, the you know, out of the gate swinging with a 1.5 or whatever it was. Yeah. And going, they, but they were starting to go, holy shit, anything we touch is turned into gold right now. Right. And now, you know, and I, I said it, 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 people can go back and quote me, from that initial week when it first started, or right, or the week before it started, yeah. I made the comment of, it will be interesting, and I want to say I said it here on the podcast, it'll be interesting to see what happens once they have to go live every week. Yeah. Will they be able to keep those same viewers, or are they going to start losing them? What will be significant, though, is going to be tonight and see what kind of number, if they bounce back or if they stay down. Because last week, they were competing against the World Series. Jeff, uh, are are the demographics for AEW, are they keeping that demographics, the 18 to 35-year-old? That they are crushing WWE, WWE in. Where are they losing? Mm. What's the demo? The demo that they're losing is the, is the 30 to 60-year-olds. And that's where WWE is winning with the older viewer. Yep. The average viewer age for WWE programming, and this you can, you can check this for yourself. We're not making these numbers up. The average age for WWE viewers is 52. Just to give you a heads up again, once again, I'm 60. Okay? Yep. The WWE average viewer is 52 years old. Think about that. Mm-hmm. Now, who the hell is watching NWA? They get uh, any and everybody, whoever, with the day. 
by them being on YouTube, they don't have to worry about if you tune in at 6.05 or if you tune in on Friday at 2 in the morning because it's a click and it's a download. Yeah. Jeff, how did the World Series this week affect uh, the wrestling well, product? Because, well, for one, I think it did take away from the AEW viewers. Um, and then the other one was on Friday night, SmackDown. Friday night, SmackDown is normally aired on Fox, which is airing the World Series. Yeah. So they kicked them off and they said, nope, World Series first. You guys are going over here to FS1. FS1 is a cable channel that is not carried by every cable outlet out there. Right, it's a subscription. And if you don't have it on your cable package, how do you yeah. watch them? Yeah, so, if you don't subscribe to FS1, you don't get it. So here's, the, the, here's, here's what I was going to say. Did WWE really lose 70,000 viewers? Or was it those 70,000 just didn't have FS1 to watch? Well, that that's the magic question, yeah. And I, I, I don't know if we will ever I, I would know the more, answer to that. I would actually lean more towards that as being the answer. than I would agree. I would I, agree. Because, I, I mean, it, it, you know, I may have, may have wanted to watch it, but how can I watch it? Yeah. You know, yeah, if you don't I, have that channel, you, you're not going to watch it. Right. Like I said, I think tonight will be the tell-all for where AEW stands. Do they rebound? I don't know. If, if there's a World Series game again tonight, there's no chance because it's a game seven. There's no chance that anybody's going to compete with that. There, you, you yeah. Can't. Um. But if it, if if it's not tonight, I will really be curious as to where their their ratings are. I really will because yeah. if they stay below a million, they're in trouble. They really are. I'm not gonna say like they're gonna go out of business trouble, but you may need to go back to the drawing board and see where we need to tweak some things and change some things. Yeah, well, I don't think they're gonna go out of business trouble. Uh, I think Tony Khan has all but guaranteed that that he's willing to invest not only his time and energy, but his money. Yep. And he's got a hell of a lot more than Vince McMahon does. You know, but it, it's kind of what, you know, people used to say when TNA was owned by the Carter family. How much money are you willing to lose before you finally pulled the plug? And here, yeah. here you know what? I'm going to get into something else. Uh, something else that really... Um, you know, it's been a talk about, you know, between me and some of my wrestling friends this week, and that is, it's been coming out a little bit about, you know, wrestlers and, and, you know, the fact that they only get like a 5% merch sales from WWE. Okay. And, and people trying to say, okay, they're, you know, you know, they should be getting more, what People need fans, wrestling fans need to quit comparing the wrestling business to other sports entities. They're like no other. They can't be run like a baseball team. Oh, no, have, absolutely not. They can't be run like a football team who may have multiple people paying into the ownership or whatever of the team. They've got one man in the WWE, ultimately Vince McMahon, paying out everybody. Yes. Eventually, that money well will run dry if you keep. Well, on. we should point out though 
that while wrestling may be a sport, professional wrestling is not. Yep, it's entertainment. Exactly. And so you cannot, by definition, treat it like a sport. You can give it a sport-centric feel yep. like AEW is doing or NWA, but let's be real clear about it. Professional wrestling was, is, and will always remain a product of entertainment, not sport. There you go. So we got to be, I mean, and I know people are going to get pissed off at me for saying that. It's, it's not real. Is it great entertainment? Yeah. Do people get hurt? Yes, they do. But it's not a sport. It's an athletic competition. It's an entertainment-based athletic competition. I'll give you an example. If Tom Cruise is doing a movie, okay? Yep. And he's doing a fight scene in the movie. Is that a real fight? No, he, and, and on top of that, he's got a stand-in. Exactly. You're talking about a business where everybody in the business is a stand-in. They're all stuntmen well, to some degree. Well, I mean, I'm using that general term, but let's but be honest also, about it. You, you know what? You're not also in the middle of a match going to go yell, cut. Okay. Well, exactly, but here's the difference, though. Tom Cruise's stuntman knows how to take a punch. He knows how to fall. He knows how to sell getting hurt. That's what pro wrestlers do. Oh, yeah, but they've been trained, too. You that's, know? My, that's my point. Okay. And, and what I was going to, but what I was going to say, though, and that, there you go. Again, why it's a different world. And yet, yeah. every, everybody, okay, here, here, here it is. Casual fans and non-wrestling fans are quick to point out, wrestling's fake. It's all fake. It's not real. But then they want to turn around and group it into the sports category and go, but why aren't you treating them like you do other athletes? Because they're on they're because they're not. <laughs> no, they aren't they are an athlete, but they're not playing for a team. Well, there yeah, there's no team in wrestling. So there, there's also no season in wrestling. There there you go. And so you can't sit there and expect wrestling to be treated like they do other sports. Right. And yet every you got fans who are like, well, why aren't they paid, you know, or, you know, take, you know, look at, you know, and it's like you, you can't sit there and treat it like you do other. No, no, you can't. And I, I think and what I was getting getting at, though. I think Tony Khan, when he first started with AEW, if you look at a lot of what he was saying in the press statements of, I'm going to offer this and I'm going to offer that, and and a lot of it he hadn't come through with, i.e., he said, oh, I'm going to offer insurance for the boys. Guess what? They haven't been offered it yet. Guess why? Because it's easier to list him as an independent contractor instead of paying out insurance for 50-something wrestlers that are your employees yeah. that now you got to pay a tax on and everything else. Yeah, well, that's all going to be part of our conversation about wrestling finance, and I'm sure you'll get, yep. you know, we'll get well in-depth with that. But uh, suffice it to say, 
you know, that's that's a Pandora's box that when we do open it, it yeah. Oh boy, <laughs> we're gonna be diving for a and while. And then we're we're also going to include in that uh, the uh, ever taboo subject of unions for wrestlers, and that's a subject that's been a addressed by people like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Bret Hart, um, and and that all ties into the finance too. So. It does. Yeah, and we're well. I'm sure you have some strong opinions about, yeah. you know, wrestling for you know union wrestlers. Yeah, that that's a, a whole nother. I guess <laughs> a, a whole nother can of worm. A yeah. whole nother can of whoop ass. There you go. Well, listen, my friend, we are uh, we're at the end of another episode. Absolutely. Uh, I just want to remind our listeners and viewers um, that we will have part two coming up of my conversation with independent icon Armageddon. Uh, that will be, uh, I think I'm recording that with him on Monday. Okay. And that will drop on Tuesday onto uh, YouTube and Podbean across all our platforms. Uh, once again, I want to give everybody our platforms, which are Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and iTunes, I as soon as we can work out the bugs with iTunes. <laughs> That's right. Uh, we have now a couple of uh, ways to contact us. You can reach us here at the, uh, pod, uh, at the podcast level on all of our platforms. Just hit us up and send us a comment or a note. Yep. Or you can go to our YouTube or Gmail very simple, wrestling with the future at yahoo.com or wrestling at wrestling with the future at gmail.com. So we have, uh, you know, if you don't have Gmail, we have Yahoo. If you don't have Yahoo, we have Gmail. And we are on Twitter at wrestling with the future. Oh, yeah, we are at wrestling future on Twitter. Yeah. And just as soon as Jeff puts it together, we're going to have a Facebook. You got it. Because <laughs> I don't know how to do that stuff. <laughs> Jeff, yeah. plug Vanguard. VCW, we are found at vcw-wrestling.com and on YouTube uh, under VCW Wrestling or Vanguard Championship Wrestling. Our next big show is December the 7th. It is uh, Seasons, Beatings, Tidings, uh, and... Um, it's a it's a pretty big show because this year we are bringing in the one, the only, Mick Foley will be coming in doing autograph uh, signing and uh, he's also going to do a special entering segment with uh, Tim Louise, um, who is uh, kind of got a Roddy Piper type uh, segment that he does. Um, okay. Again, we you know you can find him on YouTube. Um, I, I had you watching a couple of the videos from this past week and, uh, yeah, I, 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 I have to tell you, I love the product. It's a great product. It's, it's a great venue. I love your venue. It's amazing. Our, our, you know, what I can safely say is our wrestlers at least all have wrestling gear. You're not having a bunch of guys in jeans and t-shirts that pretend to be wrestlers. Exactly. So uh, the, uh, I want to let everybody know this is really important and I want everybody out there who downloads our podcast and listens to us on YouTube or all of our platforms, we have a mailbag. 
Yeah. Send us letters, questions, comments. Wrestling with the future at yahoo.com. Wrestling with the future at gmail.com. Hit us up. We want to hear from you. Absolutely. Jeff, how do people get a hold of you? You can find me over there on uh, Twitter at Jeff the Ref. Um, no. I, I don't even remember what my Twitter I want to say it's Jeff the Ref, but uh, I, I, I could find it really quick. Again. <laughs> but um, Well, that, you can, they can certainly hit you up at, the, at Wrestling Future. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No. Um, I, that the best way to get a hold of me is, is at Wrestle, Wrestle, uh, Wrestling Future at, on Twitter. Or I, I'm also on Twitter at JeffRoth41977. Um, and there you go. You can find me over there. There you go. And uh, that is the best way to get a hold of me. And I'll be more than happy to answer any questions or comments that you may have. You got a good enough one. I'll be more than happy to even talk about it here on the air. Terrific. All right, everybody. That wraps up another episode of Wrestling with the Future. I am Psychic Medium Angelo for Jeff the Ref Robinson. We'll see you at the matches. Happy wrestling, everybody. Goodbye. Bye-bye.